Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Ninth State Sports Show Football Edition. My name is Joe Marcellina. I'm joined once again by Mike Lockman. Mike, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, Joe. I mean, it's uh, it's a, it's been a little soggy and a little humid out these past <laughs> yeah, few days, yeah, but uh, just I think slightly. like I, yeah, like I said to you earlier, I, I feel like a, I feel like a wet washcloth that needs to be wrung out <laughs> or something. It's really gross, but uh, otherwise doing good. Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, I'm trying to dry out from uh, from being out in the rain a little bit this afternoon. Uh, was uh, yeah, it'll end eventually, right? It's it has to. I, I hope. Uh, I keep waiting for that like crisp fall weather, you know, the clear blue sky with no haze, you know, that's just like the gentle breeze. It's like, come on, it's September. That's that's supposed to be the way it well, is right well, now. We're going to have we'll have like 10 days of that in October and right. then, then we'll have a 90 degree day mixed in there. And then two days later, it'll snow. Yeah, we'll be well, yeah we'll be chipping away at the ice, right? <laughs> well, uh, if you want to you want to talk to us about ice, or if you have any uh, or, or the weather, or uh, you have any questions or feedback, you can shoot us an email uh, at at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at at nhhsports. You can listen to the show Tuesday mornings throughout the football season at nh-highschoolsports.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And, uh, of course, we are looking for sponsors uh, for the podcast. Uh, so if you enjoy what we're doing, uh, you know someone who has a business that you think would be a great fit uh, on the podcast, or maybe you have a business of your own, uh, let us know. Get in touch. Uh, send an email to nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, I, I, I do. Uh, I As much as I, I feel like weather talk can be a little too much at times, I feel like I, I want to talk a little bit about what happened this weekend um because yeah, it was such a huge part of what happened with the schedule uh, and just bizarre yeah, circumstances how could to- you not totally bizarre and specifically i i if if it's cool I, I, with you i i would like to give kind of a breakdown of what my experience was uh this weekend because i've never had an experience like this trying to cover a games the only thing that i think comes close is i don't know there was a year that i did the shrine game um might have been the last year I was up there. So we're going back like probably 10 years ago uh, where uh, there was a thunderstorm that came through at halftime. So halftime yes, of that there. game ended up being like two hours long. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it was almost like it was it was two separate games. It felt like um, given how long the games were, you know, the, the halftime was and that they were playing 15 minute quarters uh, at that point. It, it just it was crazy. This this topped that by far, you know. I, I was at the. I planned to do the the Sauhegan Milford game on on Friday. You know, I get out to Milford. Um, I don't know. It was like maybe six thirty, six forty, and uh, I'm walking on the field, and Milford's out there starting to warm up, and Sauhegan is nowhere. Uh, and I hear from someone, you know, that's probably going to start late because Sauhegan doesn't have a bus. They, their bus company just like forgot to come get them. Uh, <laughs> so, so they were in the process of like, you know, taking vans to like bring kids over. But the thing was that by the time they got there, uh, there was this really, I don't think it, it didn't like hit the school or anything, but there was this strike of lightning somewhere beyond the school that just lit up the sky. So they pull everyone out off the field, pull everyone out of the bleachers, People are kind of scrambling, and there there wasn't anything else right away. 
Uh, so I'm, you know, I'm kind of walking around trying to find out what what exactly the plan is, and then all of a sudden I hear, you know, games postponed. We're gonna try this again seven o'clock Saturday night. I'm like, okay. I I hung around for a little bit because the the you know this there was a storm coming through, but the rain wasn't that bad. You know, the lightning was kind of far away. I'm I was getting video of of, of stuff that'll it'll be in the season, uh, which should be pretty cool, by the way. Um, right. Because I got some good stuff, I think. You know, I leave, so come back. Well, first off, I did a, I did the Pinkerton Alvern game uh, Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Um, that was, uh, I, that's probably the earliest I've gotten up for a, a game. Um, and it was one of those, it's like I left the house a little after 8. Uh, you know, it felt like a, a nice fall morning at that point. Like, you could tell it was going to warm up, but it, it wasn't terrible. By kickoff... It was humid. It was hot. You know, my phone said it was 75 degrees in dairy. I'm like, yeah, that's that's not right. It felt like 90 on the turf. Like, it was just yeah. miserable. Um, you know, and then so then go back to South, or go back to Milford, excuse me, Saturday night. And it's, you know, temperatures dropped a little bit. Humidity's a little less. There's a nice breeze. Sky's kind of cloudy, but it's a nice sunset. Uh, getting ready for 7 o'clock. Kickoff comes. Sauhegan returns the opening kickoff for a touchdown. Place is going crazy. We're a minute 17 into the game, and all of a sudden, an official starts waving his arms, blowing his whistle. They pull everybody off the field. He saw some lightning. Lightning. Oh, here we go. Yep. Over an hour uh, delayed. Uh, and the, the crazy thing was, was there's no rain. There's no thunder. There's just flashes out, off in the distance somewhere, which I know, I know is still means there could be lightning soon, you know, if we're out on the field. But it's just so frustrating because th- there's nothing going on. And you don't know when you're going to get back out there. Right. Uh, so credit, I like, at that point, like, huge credit to the kids, both both teams, for, for being able to, you know, do this. Because they didn't do it just once. We got out there after about an hour. They played the rest of the first quarter. As soon as they come out for the second quarter, more lightning. Pull everybody off again. This time it, it was... I don't know, it might have been close to an hour and a half at this point. Uh, Finally, they come back out at about quarter of 10. And at this point, it is raining. The field's slick. Uh, Sauhegan's up 27 to nothing at this point. You're just hoping that, like, nobody gets hurt, you know, playing on the the slippery grass field. You know, guys were falling a little bit, um, you know, trying to to gain traction in the grass. Uh, You know, and then... (laughs) It finally, they get to halftime, it finally starts to, like, let up. There's, like, no more rain, wind is kind of gone. Uh, they they come out onto the field to start the second half, and the lights go out. <laughs> I can't believe that. I, it's 10.30. Apparently, they were on a timer, and it had been set for 10.30. And at 10.30, the, everything went dark. So, thankfully, they, they, uh, they just ended the game there. Yeah, <laughs> this was not meant to be. First time I've ever seen a handshake line done in complete darkness. Um, you know, and everybody's scrambling to clean up the field. And I, I don't know if, if what happened, if someone went to go in and, like, turn them back on. But then all of a sudden the lights came back on, but everybody was gone by that point. Right. <laughs> that is so, just, so strange. Yeah, you, you add that on top of the delays, and it was just, it was it was abs- a borderline absurd. Right. Uh, so hopefully, so hopefully everyone else's experiences were a little bit better. 
I know they weren't great. A little bit better than uh, than that was for me uh, over the weekend because it, it like it really like it threw my Sunday off. Like I, I was just I, I think I'm still trying to recover. Uh, yeah, everything was really strange this weekend. Yeah. I mean, there were games that were being concluded today, Monday, yeah. as we're recording this. You know, we yeah. just I just got the final from the Merrimack Keen game. It was uh, game was twelve nothing Keen at, at Student Memorial Field. I'm not even sure if that was a full. I, I four don't quarters because the weather yeah. out there right now is pretty bad. So yeah. I have no idea. I I don't know either. I don't know how they could have gotten that in. I was, you know, I, I was in Nashua not not too long. They started that game back up at four thirty, I believe. You know, I was in Nashua at around five, and it like it was pouring. Yeah. Um. So I yeah I don't know what what how much of that game they got in, but yeah, if it's a final, I guess it's a final. There, you know, there were some teams that waited around Friday night and finished playing Friday night. I you know I I when I got home, you know I I saw on social media that Exeter and North were starting their game up at nine fifteen. Yep. So I was like, all right, cool. I'm gonna sit down and watch the rest of this. Uh. You know, and that's a game uh, uh, we'll we'll get into a little bit later. Um, but th- just yeah, absolute craziness. And 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 you know, fingers crossed that this is going to be it. I mean, we're you know looking ahead the rest of this week. I think we got a little bit more rain here during the week, but you know, potentially a hurricane rolling in Saturday. <laughs> um, you know, just yeah, start start blowing in the other direction yeah yeah get that thing to go out to to (laughs) see yeah well it's been out to sea and now it's i guess it's hooking back or something i don't i don't know i'm not a weatherman but does yeah hopefully it's oh yeah how 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 much uh how lucky do we feel not too lucky based on the way things have gone i know it's not football related but i went to the air show in portsmouth this weekend i hadn't been to an air show (laughs) How did they have an air show in the? They didn't. That was the problem. Oh, <laughs> we got right, there, right. you know, walked around for a couple hours, and they said, "Yeah, we're not going to be able to fly any of the planes today because the weather, you know, is not good." And you know, and, and that was kind of a bummer. But yeah, I mean, it disrupted everything across the state. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get into like into talking about what actually happened this weekend because things did yeah. happen. Um, yeah. Why don't Why don't How about you start us off this week with uh, who was your player of the week? Uh, so, you know, as usual, uh, kind of a tough choice this week. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, it is a tough choice. I mean, there's a lot of good performers every week. And I guess as I just remind everybody, too, what, what, how, what our kind of our parameters are is, is um, you know, we're not going to duplicate players here. We want to try to mention as many people, give as many guys as, as much recognition as we can. So we're not going to, you know, we did pick two players last week. Uh Caden Michaud from Pinkerton and Devin Bailey from Kennett. Um, we also named teams of the week. Uh, we had John Stark and Goffstown last week for week one. So, you know, we'll, we'll be, you know, those two guys, those two teams may have had great performances at some point again this year. Um, Try to spread the love. Trying to, yes, exactly. Exactly. So going with a, with different, different players this week. Uh, and yours was, uh, was a guy who had a, a huge game in another state. Yes. Yeah. So I wanted to I wanted to go with uh, Eli Bahuma, who, you know, again, to the point that you just made is one of those players. You you might have two or three other opportunities through the season to uh, to recognize. Um, But, you know, I I can't think about it that way. Right. I got to think about the performance this week, because if it doesn't happen, then you miss the opportunity. Right. And sure. I, I always think that even though the games don't really count in terms of standings and playoff seedings and stuff, out of state games are always really fun. You 
you're going to make a statement about New Hampshire football. And uh, Bahuma is one of our top players in New Hampshire, no question about it. I mean, he was last year as a junior. But um, going over to Rutland, Vermont, uh, Concord had a huge 42 to nothing win. And, you know, he had over 200 yards rushing. I think he had 209, 208 yards. Um, he had three rushing touchdowns and a receiving touchdown. That's a pretty big night on offense for anybody against anybody. And uh, again, knowing that he's one of the best players in New Hampshire, wanted to make sure we recognized him at some point this season and figured, hey, there's no better week than this. He Again, he might have bigger games later in the season or what have you, but uh, absolutely wanted to make sure we got him on the show at some point, And this was a big enough performance to recognize it. Yeah, I think that was one of the few games that actually start to finish had no uh, no issues. I remember seeing that on on uh, on Twitter, uh, whatever it's called now. Um, you know, just r- consistent updates from from that game. It's like, well, lucky them they're uh, not dealing with this. Right. Yeah. Maybe it was far enough away geographically where they weren't. Uh, you know, Concord probably didn't love driving uh, to. Rutland, but uh, if they avoided all the crazy weather here, then it was probably worth it, especially when you come home with a 42 to nothing win. Yeah, and great that they didn't have to go back to finish it. <laughs> right. Yes. Uh, so I uh, I decided uh, from, for Player of the Week uh, to go with uh, senior from Portsmouth Oyster River, uh, Angus Moss. Uh, he had a, a big game in their, uh, their, I think, 42 to nothing win over Winnicunit that was uh, spread out over uh, Friday and Saturday. They played a half on Friday, came back and played the other half on Saturday. Uh, Moss had uh, five, where is it, five catches for 116 yards, uh, caught a 40-yard t- touchdown pass uh, in the, uh, the first half of that game, added a 40-yard touchdown run in that first half, and then uh, the opening drive of the second half on, the, on Saturday, he added a 32-yard touchdown reception uh so scoring touchdowns in each half on friday and saturday uh that's not bad scoring now how many times you just get to score two touchdowns or touchdowns two days in a row right never happens um yeah again such a strange weekend yeah yeah um you know he's a guy too i feel like that for portsmouth i mean they've we talked about them in the preseason a ton of seniors ton of players on their roster Um, yeah just big numbers yeah he's a guy though that I think that they lean on a lot for for leadership and and uh, experience. Um, so uh, big game for for Moss and for the Clipper Cats, who uh, sit at two and zero in the division. Yeah, no, congratulations all around. Now, uh, who did you have for your uh, team of the week? Well, yes. Yeah, so, so another rough one, but this one was a little bit easier for me because um, I I think there's a, some significance to you know. Again, we talked a little bit about the intrigue of the interstate games and, and, and so on and so forth. But I think anytime you play a Massachusetts team, particularly one from a really good conference, um, that bears some scrutiny and it bears some celebration when a New Hampshire team comes away with a win. And so uh, Wyndham, in a really, really great football game, uh, defeated Malden Catholic 20 to 19 this weekend. Um, and, and really what was, I think, a tremendous defensive showing uh, by Wyndham, right? I mean, I think Wyndham outgained Malden Catholic 265 to, to 200, give or take a couple yards. They might have actually held them to just under 200 yards. Um, you know, they, they had to stop two two-point conversions, um, obviously one of which was the difference in the game, right? Sure, it was a yeah. one-point 
So defensively, that's huge. Um, you had, um, you know, an offensive performance from Wyndham that only featured one pass completion um, by DePietro. He had, you know, five attempts on the day, one completion for 18 yards, you know, that he had thrown to Ben Rowe. Um, you know, that that's that's not a common statistic in in you know modern football when you're when you win a game right i mean usually you get a even if you're a running team you see four or five completions maybe um so to be able to win that game the way that they did with the defense outgaining malden catholic holding malden catholic to just a hair around 200 yards only one pass completion the entire game and then the icing on the cake was tiger and um, probably a player we don't talk enough about on no, this show, to be yeah, honest with yeah, you. Absolutely. Uh, but we'll probably be talking a lot about a lot about him this year as a senior. Um, but 23 carries, 132 yards, and really kind of closed that game out. I mean, there was an, you know, there was a final carry that he had for over 20 yards, actually over 30 yards, um, to kind of seal the game as as um, Wyndham was trying to close the thing out, clinging to that one point lead. Um, and you know, from what I've seen of Tiger and that's the kind of back you want as your closer. If, if anybody in the state, maybe Eli Bahuma, but Tiger definitely strikes me as a closer and they had to lean on him in the final moments to make sure that they could secure the victory with that one point lead. So, uh, yeah, I had to give the nod to the Wyndham, right? A little bit of significance there with kind of the return of, uh, Bill Raycraft who started that program. Uh, he's the AD there at Malden Catholic had done some great things with that program to get it started and before he handed it off to coach Burns. So I think that was a cool story and pretty nice for New Hampshire to get that win. Yeah. I had contemplated going over there for that one uh, before all the, you know, rescheduling and all that. But after how, after how, uh, how much I felt like I was going to melt after <laughs> that yeah. first game Saturday, I thought I need to go. If I'm going to do the game at night, I got to go home and, and, you know, recharge the batteries. But yeah, that's, that was a, Sounded like an incredible game, um, and congrats to to Wyndham for for picking up a win in that one. Um, you know they've, uh, well, of course, now I'm going to say this, and I now I don't have it in front of me what what their schedule looks like this week. Um, you know, but um, I be- oh, why are there so many things to click on in here? Uh, there we go. They uh, they go to Alvern uh, on Friday, um, so that that's an interesting game. I think, um, you know, with an Alvern team that's coming off a, a pretty good thumping uh, after getting a, a huge win to open the year. So, um, yeah, I was not to get too far, like bouncing around here, but I, I got to say, I was absolutely floored by that result because it's like the, the tale of two weeks here with Alvern, right? I mean, they really kind of had a decisive win over Manchester Central to open the season week one. Um, and then they, they kind of had the opposite happen to them. You know, uh, how's the, how's the shoe feel on the other foot sure, sort of thing, yeah. um, at the hands of what obviously, I mean, we knew coming in, but what is obviously a very, very good Pinkerton Academy team now, now you can just say it right. I mean, yeah. um, so yeah, I, I, I thought that was really interesting kind of up and down results for Alvern over the last two weeks. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see how their season you know, their, their week three plays out now. Yeah, well, well, I definitely want to get into that one, uh, as well. Uh, but, uh, for my, my team of the week, I decided to go with a group from division two, um, Guilford Belmont, which, uh, you know, 
we, we knew coming into the year had lost a lot from uh, last year's team that went undefeated in the regular season. Uh, they opened, opened the year with a 14-7 to loss with, with Kennett uh, and kind of, you know, wonder, all right, is this going to be a, a younger team that kind of, you know, takes some lumps early in the year and, and starts to figure some things out? Well, that was the case. They figured them out pretty quick because they followed up last week uh, with a 42-35 to win over Sanborn, which was coming off a huge win of its own against Bo uh, in the opening week. Uh, yep. So a uh, huge game for Guilford Belmont. They got, uh, you know, uh, uh, what looks like might be a nice receiving, uh, you know, tandem there, or excuse me, pit, you know, quarterback-receiver tandem. Anakin Underhill uh, was 13-16 for 204, three touchdowns. All three of those touchdowns went to Logan Grant, who had 164 yards on six catches. And then you add in uh, Noah Harder, who had three touchdown runs uh, and 147 yards on 13 carries. So just uh, a huge bounce-back win uh, for Gil- Guilford Belmont. Um, you know, puts them at 1-1, one and one, puts Sanborn at 1-1. One and one. Um, You know, really makes that, um, you know, that that, uh, East Conference in Division II, uh, you know, that that looks like it's going to be a battle, um, you know, going through here. Of course, you've got Kennett and Plymouth at 2-0, but then Guilford, Belmont, St. Thomas, Sanborn, all at 1-1. Can't wait to see how this plays out. Um, But, you know, huge, huge win for for Guilford, Belmont, and congrats to them. Yeah, I think it's a great pick, too, Joe, and I – you know, we were talking at the beginning of the season when we did our preview a little bit about how Guilford Belmont would respond with the loss of a lot of key players. And, um, you know, Isaiah Reese moving on to, I think, a prep school at some point. Well, you know, Underhill comes out, throws for over 204 yards and three touchdowns. That's a pretty good response. Yeah. In terms of replacing what was, a, a you know, a really good quarterback in the league last year so. Um, if they can keep that kind of performance up from the quarterback position, I'd say that question got answered pretty quickly here in week two. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's jump into some of these games. And I guess uh, we already started talking a little bit about that Pinkerton Alvern game. So how about we uh, how about we start there? Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, like you said, it was a, a completely flipped uh, result for for the Broncos. Uh, Pinkerton won that one, fifty one to six. And and honestly, like I mean. You could say, oh, okay, same old, same old, uh, you know, with this game. But I, I think there were some differences. And, and it, you know, early on, um, you know, I don't want to say that, 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 you know, Alvern was going to pull off an upset if things go, you know, their way he, with a couple of plays. But there were there were a couple of plays early, um, you know, where, you know, where it looked like Alvern might be able to take advantage of some things. And it just didn't, you know, didn't work out. Their opening drive, they they get the kickoff, um, you know they get a chance to, uh, on third down for they got third and four, uh, chance to pick up a first down and they just they don't get it, punt the ball away. They put Pinkerton in second and twelve and then third and nine, and it looks like okay maybe they got a shot at getting the you know Pinkerton uh, giving them a three and out getting the ball back, and then Matt Morrison rips off a fourteen yard run on third and nine, first down. Next play, Caden Misho goes 47 yards for a touchdown. Yep. Uh, and then Those are names was... we're going to be saying a lot this year, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, Alvern ends up going three and out and again, again on its next possession. Uh, a huge kickoff return. Uh, you know, a little, little trickery there by the Astros where I believe it was Morrison who fielded the punt. 
handed it off to Jamie Isaac, who took it down the, the far sideline to the uh, Alvern 24, and then three plays later, Tim Hersom runs it in from 13 yards out. Now it's 14 nothing. Um, I should I would mention too because I tweeted about this. The game ended up getting paused. Uh, delayed is the wrong word because it didn't last very long. But paused for a moment because there was a drone, uh, just like hovering, probably about I don't know hundred feet over the field. Huh. <laughs> and uh, they made it. They, <laughs> what was going on this weekend? I, I don't know. I don't know. Just really weird. Um, you know, I heard someone in the stand say something about, "Hey, I can go get my gun and shoot it down if you want me to." <laughs> <laughs> Which that would, I, yeah. I think, I think that would, that would result in more than a pause in the game. Pro- probably, probably. But, also, yeah, having doing that on a school campus, not a great right, idea. right. That's, uh, yeah. But, but they made an announcement like, "Hey, can you, you got to get the drone off the field. Like, oh, oh, it can't be over the field, right? But it's one of those things too. It's, it didn't move right away. It's like it, the person flying it may not even be here, right? <laughs> um. Anyways, it ends up leaving Alvern uh, on that on that drive picks up a couple first downs, but uh, you know they've got a third and one at Pinkerton's thirty four, uh, and then but then back to back false starts pushes them back. They end up having to punt, uh, and Matt Morrison, uh, you know it's one of those plays. It's like when you see it happening, it's like what is he doing? Fielded the punt at his own five, and returned it ninety five yards for a touchdown. Yeah. Which um, Coach O'Reilly yeah. told you might be a school record, could, could right? Possibly have been a school record. I mean, how many other times are there ninety? You know, you see ninety plus yard punt returns. That doesn't. Yeah, happen. usually you're letting those bounce. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know the the bright spot, I guess, uh, for Alvern. Um, you know, Aiden Mills had a had a great game for them at running back, uh, a sixty seven yard touchdown run as part of a fourteen carry, one hundred and eighteen yard day. Um, you know, they were without. Um, quarterback Charlie Crawford, uh, who I guess got hurt against Central. Um, you know, so um, Sean B- uh, Boudreau was filling in. You know, did a, a you know the best job that he could trying to run that offense. Um, but he's obviously not their you know their starter at quarterback. Um, you know, it, and it's one of those. I think you know you you. I think you just have if you're Alvin, you just chalk it up and say just not our day, and 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 you move on. Um, you know, I think this this game coming up against Wyndham, you know, is one that they can be, you know, obviously competitive in. Um, you know, and then you you look past that uh, to what their their schedule brings up, and um, you know, they've got um, they've got a game at Malden. I don't know if that's Malden Cat, also Malden Catholic or or not, but uh, just says Malden on their schedule. Um, but then games against Salem, Concord, Winnicott coming up. Uh, beyond that hmm. yeah pretty pretty interesting gauntlet yeah uh, but I guess I guess the you know on the other side you look at Pinkerton and uh, like you said they're you know <laughs> their running game is is legit uh, you know Hersom had a huge game from at the quarterback spot running so you know that's now a fourth guy that you got to uh, worry I, about I was going to say exactly the same thing you know we were talking last week about Michaud and Morrison and Catano like kind of being a three-headed monster and then and then the quarterback rips off almost 80 rushing yards yeah and two touchdowns right it's like how do you stop that that's that's like what wing t offense coaches dream of is like you know 
all four of those guys can run, right? Not just your two halfbacks and your fullback, but you can bootleg and roll out and, you know, do things with your QB too. And I mean, that's, that's, uh, you know, we talked last week about how dangerous Pinkerton is if they've really developed a good running game with the fullback to pound inside. If they have a quarterback too, man, that's going to be, that's yeah. going to be some interesting, <laughs> it's going to be some interesting stuff for defensive coordinators to look at over sure. the next few weeks. You know, and he, he hasn't had a chance to really do much yet, but, but uh, Coach O'Reilly was saying that Isaac is also a, a pretty good runner himself. He just hasn't, you know, had the opportunities to show it yet. Right. Um, yeah. So, and then, uh, you know, Pinkerton has, um, you know, game at Timberland coming up this week, but then the next week is, is really, um, you know, how do you not look at, the, at that game at London or excuse me against Londonderry? And, uh, I don't know. I just kind of salivate thinking about that matchup. Cause it's just, it, it, it's going to be, I think that's going to be a great one. Um, you know, you look yeah, at what Larry's well, done so far. Uh, look at what Pinkerton's done. I think it's going to be a really, really good game. Yeah, Londonderry with that big win um, over Chelmsford this week. You know, again, another another great um, matchup against a Massachusetts team. But there wasn't a lot of details on that game. No. Like you and I were looking for that stuff, trying to figure <laughs> out what happened. The, the, only, uh, the only detail that I got was uh, a friend of mine who lives in Londonderry uh, was watching, I guess, Chelmsford's YouTube broadcast on Saturday. And uh, one of the one of the, the announcers from Chelmsford said something along the lines of this might be the best team we see all year. Right. Uh, about Londonderry. Uh, so, high, you know, pretty yeah. high praise from a, a, what's a, you know, been a pretty good program, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's scary. Right. But I mean, to your point, you know, Pinkerton and and we can't overlook this game against Timberland because, you know, Timberland got a pretty quality victory over Spalding this week. Um, and they've got some good players. Right. I mean, they've got. um I think I, I think the Leon Corman kid, who's who was a freshman last year, had a big game this week. If I uh, heard correctly, I think he had over 100 yards on 30 carries um, and a touchdown. And they've they've also got um, Mlosik. I, I don't know how to pronounce Jeremy's last name. I'm I'm taking a stab at that, Jeremy. So I apologize <laughs> if I didn't get that right. But you know, he had a big game throwing the ball too, nine of 12 for 149. So before that Londonderry game, there's still a quality Timberlane opponent that that Pinkerton can't look past this week because I, I still think that Timberlane even though they're replacing a lot from last year's team um sitting at one on one is is a is a pretty good ball club right um you know one thing uh you always try to think about sometimes that but it's hard to you know sometimes when you're looking at scores like what what do they really mean what is it you know and and one that I I think I, I look at and kind of say that maybe a game was a little bit closer than what the score shows was that Exeter North game, you know, Exeter won 31 to seven, which sounds, you know, like a bit of a blowout, but, um, you know, I did get the opportunity to watch that game. Like I said, Friday after, after getting back, uh, from, you know, cancellations, um, you know, and it was, you know, Exeter took advantage of, of some mistakes that the Titans had, uh, as you know, Exeter is known to do. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it was, I want to say it was like a 17-7 game at one point. Um, you know, and then and North had the ball inside Exeter's 25 a couple times. And I think they turned it over on downs. They they had a, a turnover, uh, you know, and, and the, the Blue Hawks capitalized on those. And they also chewed up a lot of clock. Um, you know, North had a hard time getting the ball back. Um, you know, they did move the ball, 
you know, playing uh, a couple of quarterbacks there. Uh, in, of course, now I don't have their names in front of me. Johnny Canaway was uh, the one, I think, doing more of the passing, and, and Gavin Flynn, you know, was also in there a little bit. Um, you know, but, but I was... Um, I was impressed with both teams. Uh, if you can, you know, take that away from from a game that that you know it looks a little bit uh, lopsided in the score. Um, you know, I thought North did some nice things, and Exeter looks you know solid after uh, you know after losing a lot of guys from a year ago, and and we're kind of wondering exactly what are they returning. They they look like a team that's going to be there at the end. Yeah, well, you know, Exeter is one of the, I, I would say if I've got four Division One teams that are really popped out in the first two weeks, that win over North put Exeter as one of those four for me. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, Exeter over North. I don't know whether I said that right or wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> but I'll, I'll reiterate and make sure I said Exeter over North. Um, and, and that's, you know, the, the thing that's interesting, right? We were talking about how, how Pinkerton wants to win games, right? Ideally, right. Is using those running backs, that offense, a good defense, you know, that what you just described, that's classically how coach ball wants to win football games at Exeter, right? It, it's not this dominating, you know, lightning fast, you know, 70 yard strike type thing, right? It's, it's controlling the clock, taking advantage of the opponent's mistakes and doing enough things right to win the football game. And sometimes, like you said, it doesn't look as pretty, right? Like when you look at things, you can say, oh, well, North still did some things right. And, you know, it was kind of a closer game than it looked. But it was still, you know, a, a fairly comfortable win for Exeter. And that's how they ideally want to win games. And the last two weeks, they've done it their way. Right. Um, you know, it certainly wasn't comfortable in the first quarter against Timberlane where they were down. Um, but once they got it together and got in the rhythm, they, they just played Exeter football. So this win over North is a huge one for Exeter, I think. And, and for me anyway, kind of, kind of catapulted Exeter up into the Londonderry Pinkerton um, echelon of, of, you know, top teams in division one that you've really got to keep an eye on. Well, I think it's big too. Cause if you look at, you know, I mean, obviously North is uh, a, another team that, that, you know, lost a lot from a year ago, but looks like they're going to be pretty competitive. You know, their their schedule remaining, they still have to play Bedford, they still have to play Londonderry, but they have, right. you know, some winnable games in there. So they could be a team, you know, that's looking at, you know, five or six wins by the end of the year, which is, that's huge for Exeter too, because of the, the way the, the rating system works. That gives you, right. you know, points for your opponent's wins. So that's a, that's a win that down the road, uh, could maybe look even better than it does right now. And, it, right. and right now it looks good. And by the way, a, a quick diversion, but kind of on topic, we were talking last week about the, uh, the score of the, the North Merrimack game. Speaking of North and how that was unusual. And we had never seen, you oh, know, the, a yes, four right, to, the safeties. Yes. Yeah. Four to nothing game. So you're always encouraging people, listeners to let us know, you know, if we've made a mistake or just, so I did get a text from somebody that said the, uh, Nashua South Central game in like the 07 time frame was four to six. <laughs> oh my. Okay. I got So we'll have to I'm look the, into that. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to, I can, I think I can multitask here and, and maybe see if I can find anything on that. Yeah. Um, that's crazy. Four to or, or six to four. That's so obviously the four is two safeties. 
But yeah. could it could it be three safeties on the other side, or do you think it's a touchdown and a missed extra point? <laughs> yeah, or two field goals. Two I mean, field you know. goals. Yeah, I hope I hope it was five safeties. That's what I'm. That's what I want to know. I want to know how many innings their starter pitched. <laughs> yeah. Any any uh, any home runs? Uh, right. <laughs> that's crazy. But uh, uh, I figured I'd mention that because we we had brought that question up. Sure. Last week. No. I, I, yeah. That's. Uh... And of course, you know, mentioning mentioning Central, they got a huge win uh, at Goffstown. Um, ended up being Saturday night. Um, you know, so so you look at the standings, and now I think we've got what five, two and O teams: Pinkerton, Salem, yeah. Exeter, Portsmouth, Oyster River, and then Bedford. Um, so this is this is shaping up to be, uh, you know, of course, Londonderry and Dover at one and O playing out of state games. Um, so those two teams also with a shot to go to two and oh this week, but yeah, it's uh well, and that central game was kind of, it's interesting. It was like the mirror of Alvern, right? They, they played each other Alvern and central week one, the lopsided score in Alvern's favor. Alvern goes and has a lopsided score week two, not in their favor. Yeah. And central kind of is the mirror of that, right? They, they were obviously the recipients of, um, you know, a lopsided score in week one, and then they go out and put a pretty convincing thumping on Goffstown, who they, who Goffstown themselves had had sort of a signature win week one. So, uh, yeah, I don't know what, I, I, I guess that, that just leaves me not knowing what to make of Alvern and Central <laughs> at this point, which is fine because it's week two, you know, I mean, um, probably still trying to find their own identities and figure it out themselves. But uh, yeah, I saw that and I, I thought that was a really interesting result and, um, congratulations to Central for, you know, kind of putting week one behind them um, and coming out and playing a Goffstown team that had built up some pretty good momentum there week one. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was my was... team of the week, right? <laughs> yeah, they were. Yes. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I am poking around here trying to find this. Uh, so it was not in the 2007 season um, that Central um, South game. But it, that doesn't, yeah. That I'll have to get some more info for you. I'll see <laughs> if I can figure it out. Uh, that's crazy. I, I still can't get over that six to, six to four. All right, all right. I, I'm gonna have to though. All right, let's. Uh, what do you say? Uh, oh no, here it is. Here it is. I found it. 2006. Um, yeah, Central beat Nashua South six to four. Wow. And then the next week, South lost to Manchester West twelve to eight. Another weird so score. Not a lot Another of. Uh, not a explosive offense there for the Panthers in uh, in 2006 right. it seems um all right let's move on to uh to division 2 uh unless you had any other thoughts on on division 1 no i think we i think we hit it all all right excellent um well i i, I think we have to start in division 2 with uh with what's a, apparently um you know one of the hottest teams in the state there uh John Stark um you know they they come out uh Coming off of a, a big comeback win against Milford in week one, they jump out all over Hanover to start last week's game and then hang on at the end for a, a 30 to, to 22 win. Um, you know, they get uh, a pretty balanced attack, it looks like, uh, in terms of running the ball. Five different guys uh, scoring touchdowns. Or no, I can't count. Uh, four different guys scoring touchdowns for them. Of course, they're. I believe they they don't they may not have a kicker so they're going for two uh, on a lot of plays. Um, you know they're up twenty two to six at halftime, thirty to fourteen in the fourth quarter. Uh, 
Um, just a, and that's a, a huge win now going to two and zero. Yeah, I would say, and and it's it's a quality two and zero, right? That's the sure, thing yeah, that yeah. if you're if you're John Stark, you you've got to be proud of is that you've beaten two teams that are very good programs, and and you know could they themselves be making additional noise this year? I know, I know Milford's out to an zero and two start, but Milford's always a good program, right? Milford is going to get wins this year. Um, Hanover, same thing, right? That dropped Hanover to one and one. Um, but Hanover's a good football team. Um, it's a really good running game, um, you know, solid defense. So for Stark to be 2-0, and beating the opponents they've beaten, that's kind of a big deal, right? And, you know, you see names featured this week that, uh, you know, we, we talked a lot about like Joey Dykstra and Donnie White uh, against um, Milford, but they got um, Tim Lackwright involved and, and uh, Weston Hartz. Um, which are names you didn't hear against Milford as much. Right. So, you know, it, it, it goes to show you that they've got some depth on offense. They can spread the ball around a little bit. You're not just going to be able to focus around shutting White and Dykstra down because they've got other people that can hurt you. Um, so, yeah, that's a team I think that's raised a lot of eyebrows this season, and rightfully so. Well, if, uh, if, if Stark is able to pull out another win this week, then I think we um... – we might have to break our rule of uh, of not featuring a team twice because they uh, they make the trip to Pelham, Pelham on Friday for a seven o'clock kickoff. You know, also an interesting thing looking at their schedule too. Um, you know, they start out the year with four or five games at home, and, right? And then I, I think did they add an out of state game that second to last. Uh, week of the year i think we talked about that i think they're playing vermont a vermont, vermont team. team yeah but yeah. i don't remember if that game is at home or if it's on the road um because they're on the road for all of october they do they have south burlington coming to yep. uh to where uh on the 21st. Who, who they scrimmaged in the in the summer you know in the preseason interesting that's that's an interesting thing i guess if you're it's a game that doesn't mean anything uh yeah. standings wise why not um, right but yeah, they finish up the year with three out of four on the road in October. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a huge, huge game for them. Pelham got a uh, a fourteen nothing win over St. Thomas. That was a uh, a game that was called, I think, in the final minute of the first half, uh, and huh. every, everyone agreed to to just stop it there, um, which kind of surprising to me. Yeah, but, that's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't figure some of these decisions. Again, I wasn't there. I don't necessarily agree or disagree with it. I just think it's odd that they would have called it and just happily walked away with more than half the game left. Sure. And only spoken for only down 14, nothing too. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a tight game. And, and, you know, I mean, again, if it's, you know, I I know the Milford Sauhegan game was kind of, kind of out of hand at that point when they decided to, you know, to kind of just bow out of it. Well, they, um, they also couldn't play in the dark, so I mean, well, true enough, true <laughs> enough. But, um, but yeah, you know, looking forward to that game this coming weekend, uh, John Stark against Pelham. You know, it, it's tough to to fight Pelham on different terms, and what I mean by that is to try to outfit, you know, to try to play Pelham, you know, who's a physical kind of pound it type of football team to try to like outspeed them or out finesse them or, or what have you, right? Like that's just, that's just really difficult to do as we saw last year, really with an extraordinarily talented and athletic Sauhegan team, but they just couldn't find that formula. 
to counteract the physicality of Pelham. But when you when you have two very physical type teams, even if you could look on quote unquote on paper again, whatever that means and say, well, you know, Stark may not be as talented as Zauhegan. But but to have that sort of physicality and, and, and things that can match up maybe with Pelham a little bit, it, it gives that game a little bit of a question mark, I think. Um, if any of what I just rambled makes any sense. But <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like absolutely. sometimes it's a little you have a little bit more intrigue and a little bit more possibility when it's when it's a like like teams um, more so than if you're just looking purely at athletic talent, I think. I, I'm curious to see how too how Pelham handles that. If 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 Stark goes in there and runs that um, um, what single wing offense that they've been they it, they ran against Milford. I'm not sure if they used it against Hanover. Um, you know, is that the way they're going to go against Pelham? And how does Pelham defend that? Right. Yeah, and and it's 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 nice for Stark because the principles behind the two sets that they use are very similar. But the formations and the way that you get the ball to people, you know, and the, and the, the mixing up of it, right, the keys uh, for the defense are different. For Stark to execute those two different sets, the double wing and the single wing, probably not that much different, right? Blocking rules are similar. Schemes are similar, right? But again, it, it messes with the defensive keys a little bit and also the mix of people and how you get them the ball. Um, so, yeah, it'll be I, I think that's a I think that's a kind of a game of the week type of game, yeah, which yeah. you might not have said that looking at it in early august no of course absolutely not um you know we we talked about uh you know guilford belmont uh and their their rebound uh they have an interesting game i believe coming up with bow this week um you know and then that's a uh you know an east conference matchup there's a west conference matchup between hanover and milford that should yep. be uh kind of a, another you know slugfest type of game um but then a shock what, before we move on, a shockingly zero and two bow. By the way, ta- well, that's yes. I was zero uh, and two bow, zero and two Milford. You know, both needing a win to not go to zero and three. If they don't do, I mean, we could be going. If they play each other in week four, you know, we could be going into the fourth week of the season looking at a matchup between Bow and Milford where they're both zero and four. I never, in a million years, would have. It said that that was possible. Or, no. Excuse me. Both go both zero and three with someone potentially or someone being zero and four after that right. game. Right. Yeah. That just is crazy to me. Yeah. Um, you know, we we talked a little bit. And I, obviously, I, I opened the the podcast talking about that. My experience at at Milford uh, over the weekend. Um, you know, in that game against Sauhegan, um, just a. Uh, you know, a, a, a crazy performance by the Sabers. Um, you know, especially given all the delays that happened on Saturday. Um, but like I said, they came out. They returned the opening kickoff. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to pronounce this. Ryland uh, uh, Rudolanus. I think I ho- hopefully I got that right, or at least close to right. Um, returned the opening kickoff. I, I was somewhere in the neighborhood of 85 to 90 yards. I'm not entirely sure because I was at the other end of the field. Of course, yeah. um, and I had one person say one thing and another person tell me something else. So it was a long kickoff return. Um, they get that in, and then, like I said, delay. They come back out. Uh, you know, first play after the delay, Milford fumbles and Sauhegan recovers, turns oh. around and scores off the fumble. Nightmare uh, start. Oh yeah, it was. It, in in a lot of ways, it kind of 
went from bad to worse for for Milford there. Um, you know they they end up punting on the next possession. So he so goes down, scores. It's twenty to nothing. Uh, you know Milford goes three and out again. So goes down, scores. It's twenty seven to nothing. Uh, and then we have we reach the end of the quarter and we have another delay. <laughs> you know, and then we come out and like I said, it had started raining at that point, so everybody's slipping and sliding all over the field. And Milford looked like it finally got something going on offense. Harris Jones um, connects with uh, Caden Tessier for a long uh, completion down the sideline, where you know the Sauhegan defender slips and falls. So uh, Tessier's essentially wide open makes the catch, makes a couple moves somehow in the grass, cuts in towards midfield, and then slips, and as he's slipping, the ball comes out, and Sauhegan recovers it. Oh, man. Two plays later, then uh, Milford gets it back on an interception. <laughs> um, you know, so it was like kind of, you know, I feel like we could have had, what's, what's, what is that, Benny Hill, the, sound, the song that, that – uh, in the yeah. background there because um, it just it, it looked like it was people were going to be slipping and sliding all over uh, eventually so he can find the end zone a couple more times uh, including what um, you know a catch and run by JJ Bright that was uh, just you know he was not going to be stopped on a uh, 71 yard touchdown reception uh, yeah didn't from, Bright from have another monster night uh, yeah he had a couple of runs uh, that were just uh, big boy runs where he you know, he was taking out some guys or, or just, you know, not going down um, because he's just running people over. Uh, but this touchdown run was all speed. Like, he he got the ball and just no one was going to catch him. Um, yeah, made it 39 nothing, And then, like I said, we go into halftime and the lights go out. So, Right. Yeah, it sounds like the, the, <laughs> just, the game itself, at least the portion of it that was that was played and is officially in the books now as a final is – was as crazy as the circumstances around sure yeah, yeah the game itself i mean that's 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 a wild night yeah it, it was it was like i said unlike all anything i think i've ever seen and hopefully nothing i ever see again <laughs> <laughs> right I'm, I'm good with three and a half hour halves of football yeah uh, yeah we don't need to we don't need to have many of those no no uh, anything else to, that that uh, stood out in Division Two to you this week uh, before we uh, before we move on? No, I don't think so. Those were those were the ones that I would have highlighted oh. as well. So the game that kind of stood out to me in in Division Three, uh, you know, another another um, close win and and big win by uh, Manadnock. Um, you know, they opened the year having to come back, get an overtime win against Fall Mountain. Uh, this week they take on Stevens and. Uh, Another low-scoring game, but they get a fourteen-to-nothing win. Um, you know, so a, a nice start by a, a Huskies team that I think is a little bit younger this year and doesn't quite have um, the depth that they've had in the past. So you know, you know, great for them to be able to finding ways to win in in games that they you know if they're going to be where they normally are at the end of the year, they've got to win. Yeah, I was going to say precisely that phrase. I was going to say <laughs> a young team, honestly, but finding a way to win to sort of scratch and claw their way to two and O and an impressive two and O in terms of quality wins against good opponents. And, you know, again, having to kind of like gut those wins out. Um, that, that's a, that's a pretty cool story for, for two and O Manadnock at this point. Yeah. They get a, uh, a 50 yard uh, fumble return for a touchdown by chase Elliott. 
uh, in the first half of that game to go up six nothing, and then uh, you know they find a way to to kind of slow down uh, Tyler Christian from Stevens, who uh, I didn't realize this. Uh, he's he's apparently he's 5'10", 250 pound, like running quarterback. Um, a big dude. Yeah, that's like a Roethlisberger. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, not quite as tall, but I, I think in um, like a Connor Benjamin uh, from Goffstown yeah. way back. In, well, I say way back in the day. That was like 10 years ago now, wasn't it? Hunter, but yeah, it was. It was 2011, uh, 11, 12, 12, 2012. Yeah. 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 Oh. Connor Benjamin's thighs were as big as like my torso. <laughs> you, you couldn't wrap, you, you couldn't teach the kids to wrap him up because sure. he was, his, yeah. his legs were so big. He was a very, very good runner. Um, so yeah, they, uh, you know, Manadnock, uh, was able to kind of keep him in check. Uh, you know, and then in the second half, Caden Smith, uh, scores from a yard out and then Elliot runs in the conversion for a 14, nothing lead. And that's, um, that's where it stood. Uh, although it looks like Stevens had, uh, touchdowns called back on back-to-back plays for penalties. Yeah. Uh, just an absolute, that's a heartbreaker. Um, obviously. Uh, yeah, and and I and I think what that tells you is that despite the outcome, Stevens is still a a good quality opponent um, in that division. Yeah, just in a in a tough spot to start the year. Um, now zero and two, um, with you know they get a, a ten a.m. kickoff on Saturday at Campbell. That's going to be rough. Making that drive from Claremont to Litchfield for a ten a.m. game. Um, yeah, especially given that. Campbell is still, you know, cranking along. Um, yeah. Scott Hirschberger hasn't slowed down since that championship game last year. He he had a big game uh, over Kingswood this week with 250 yards and five touchdowns. Um, speaking of people that we could have picked for player of the week, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. That That's another one that we, I just had to mention that, but yeah, that's a huge, huge matchup. And, it, and like you said, it's kind of a tough curtain call time. Um, headed over there to to play a morning game, which I'm again assuming is probably due to um, official availability and yeah, things like. I know last year they, um, you know, they were playing game some games, uh, like eleven o'clock starts, uh, right? But yeah, that's uh, ten o'clock is obviously an hour earlier than uh, than eleven. Casey, that's some breaking news right there. <laughs> for those of you who forgot your calculators uh, uh, <laughs> it's an hour earlier <laughs> yes um you know so yeah it's been a hot week joe yes, I, you know, has, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think we're both cooked <laughs> so you got campbell monadnock and of course trinity uh all sitting at two and oh in the division trinity hasn't given up a point yet this year um you know Still not sure what the results are from that Conval Epping Newmarket game, but it's possible, you know, if Conval if they did play it and Conval got a win, they're sitting at two and zero as well, uh, which would be quite the story and 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 really great to see for that program. Uh, yeah, you know, it's been a while since they've uh, been able to put back to back wins together, so yes, um, you know, that would be huge. Uh, well, you mentioned Trinity not giving up a point. You know, I had said after we were talking about the Jamboree and um, Trinity had faced off against Sauhegan in the Jamboree, uh, Sauhegan, who obviously has one of the best offenses in New Hampshire. And while Trinity didn't come out of that, you know, scrimmage slash game, a, a, a quote unquote winner, 
Um, I told you how impressed I was with their defense um, against Sauhegan's really high-powered, um, really highly executing offense. It, it, obviously, there's something to that, you know. I mean, it wasn't just a oh, it's the Jamboree, and you know they're not sharp, you know, in terms of Sauhegan versus Trinity or whatever, right? Like Trinity's defense is very, very good. Um, so it'll be interesting to see them as they face into some of these other teams um, that have been able to put up a lot of points. Yeah, um, yeah, quite the the defensive effort. Yeah, you look at they they gave up what thirteen points I think to Sauhegan or thirteen or right. fourteen. In, a, in yeah, a, and then the final touchdown was in the last. Yeah. The, last the waning minutes. second, you know, um, it was sort of a, a a Sauhegan team that has scored ninety two points so far this year in two games. Right, actually, not even two games, a game and a half. Right, <laughs> yeah, six quarters. Yeah. Um, you know, any uh, any other thoughts on on Division three here? Uh, we, nope. we mentioned, uh, yeah, that that Campbell Stevens game, Monadnock Interlakes, uh, coming up on Friday. That looks like a that's could a be big a key game. game. Yeah. Yep. Uh, another interesting one for Monadnock to open the year. Um, you know, Fall Mountain uh, bounced back with a nice win over Kearsarge. They've got Epping Newmarket um, on Saturday. So that could be, depending on what happened in that Confell epping game, could be a big one too. Yep. Uh, you know, in, in Division Four, we had a, a kind of an interesting uh stretch here i mean if you look at the nhia there was only one game uh, that has results listed um we do know that uh bishop brady and winnesquam also played as well although their game ended in the fourth quarter with uh with brady up um they they called that game due to the heat um which it definitely was a hot one saturday afternoon as well as being uh you know crazy at night um raymond got a big win over franklin and then that Summersworth um, newfound game, I think we mentioned last week, got moved to later in the year when they were both on a bye. Um, right. So that game, uh, so those two teams will be opening their season starting this week. Yeah, which seems really weird, right? We're headed into mid-September. Yeah, week three, and, and we're talking about teams that are uh, just getting started. You know what this honestly feels like with, with all these move, everything moving around and, and all this? Uh, it, it, it reminds me of that 2020 season when, yeah. you know, it was like every week we'd, we'd do the podcast and then it was like by Thursday, the schedule had completely changed. Right. Yeah. So yeah, teams had to cancel or drop or reschedule to later. You know, it was, it was crazy. I mean, this is obviously completely different circumstances, sure. oh, yeah. weather related. So hopefully it's not sustainable. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly you know. hope not. Yeah, we're not looking at this every week, but uh, but you you mentioned it, right? There's the possibility that there's a hurricane moving up the coast for this coming weekend. I mean, that would be two weeks in a row of really significant disruptive weather that sure. that has just kind of caused havoc. And, you know, in a, in a league where we already have some interesting schedule stuff, right? Where, where we're playing some Thursday night games and some saturday morning games just due to making sure we have the right officiating crews available and things so yeah, and you mentioned that start... and uh, this is a week that we have thursday night games uh you've got that's right uh, uh concord hosting salem on thursday night and uh and exeter going to spalding on uh, both games on thursday night both intriguing games too right and uh, i mean the concord um uh the the concord salem game in particular is is interesting i is 
both of those teams um, obviously good, but still sort of have some question marks around them in terms of, well, I mean, they all do, I guess it's only week two, but, <laughs> but, but considerable question marks, you know, Concord's only lost to an elite Londonderry team. Um, and then Salem sort of a, a little up and downish right now. Right. With a, with a loss and a quality win, I think. Right. No, they, uh, they, they won. Uh, oh no, yeah. They're yeah, two and Beat Keen yeah. in a close game early and then uh, a big win over Memorial last week. Right. Yeah. All right. So, well, yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm saying so. Yeah. So that, that's a really interesting game. So people on Thursday night, if you want to get out and see something, see a good one, that could be one to go see. Uh, I, yours surely might be up there uh, at Memorial Field uh, taking that one in, but you know, yep. if I don't wash away before then, right? <laughs> All right. Any other uh, any other thoughts before we wrap up for the meet the week? No, I think it was. I mean, one of the more interesting weeks of football that we've ever seen. Sure. Um, interesting, it being the term that I use for crazy and unpredictable <laughs> and frustrating at times. Yeah, inter- interesting <laughs> off the field as much as it was on. Right. Yeah. No. So I, I think uh, hopefully it's returns to normal a little bit this coming week. <laughs> yeah. That, let's fingers crossed. If you, uh, you know, whoever you pray to at night, uh, please, you know, pray for some. The hurricane goes uh, goes out to sea instead of hooking a left uh, towards us, um, you know, and, and hopefully we stay. We get some nice dry fall weather coming up uh, please. in the future. All right. Well, I think that'll about do us uh, for this week. Uh, Mike, thanks again for joining me and, and doing yep. this again. Yeah, thanks, Joe. Good times as always. He is Mike Lockman. I'm Joe Marcellina. Enjoy the games this week. Stay dry or cool or whatever we need to do, and uh, and we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>